Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. And we tell stories about just about everything here on this show, including your story. Send them. OurAmericanStories.com. That's OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. And if you like what you're listening to, sign up for our podcast, subscribe, and that's right there on the website as well at OurAmericanStories.com. Today we have Winter Persapio, an author from Texas, bringing us a story from a moment of motherhood. She writes essays about motherhood and is currently a humor columnist for her local daily. Here is her story entitled, Curls. 
It takes a full 20 minutes to comb through her curls. I sedate the riot of hair with handfuls of slick conditioner and sit just outside the tub on her yellow footstool, combing through the long black strands that spring back into ringlets after every pull. I never imagined I'd have patience for this before I had children. When I think back to my life before my daughters arrived, I can't remember doing anything quite so methodical as mothering. Nothing has ever been as demanding of skills I didn't possess. I've never faced so many moments when I was at the end of my rope, where I was driven to shouting at another human being, at my own child, only to apologize later, much too late, much too little. The comb catches in the thick nest of twists and turns, and I pull her hair slightly. She rarely protests when this happens. Genetics must tie the curly hair gene with the tough scalp one. This genetic combination did not include the gene that extends graciousness with curious strangers, however. Her naturally curly hair draws compliments everywhere she goes. Strangers come up to her with hands extended, trying to touch the spirals framing her tiny face and black eyes. Only a few get away with it. Most times she warns them off with a staunch, no touch, her arms crisscrossing her head in a protective shield. Still, strangers reach for the curls in restaurants, on sidewalks, in doctor's offices. I'm lucky. I can touch them every day. We sit in the quiet bathroom. She's focused on her floating toys, I on untangling, smoothing. I've become such a different person since I had children. I've become quieter, more careful, more aware of small moments. I'm acutely aware of the chasm between my friends who don't have children and my friends who do. I've leaped the canyon, never sensing the moment my feet were in the air, only a few closest friends jumping with us as honorary aunts and uncles. Now I understand why I never saw people once they had their children, why they stopped calling, how they disappeared into thin air. I recognize the way the strange wild space grew between us with every step their children took, toward solids, toward school, toward adolescence, toward leaving, toward never really being gone. Across the vast chasm, I see my childless friends moving on quickly as I sit here, still sit here, time turning in on itself so I can see both ends of it, beginnings and endings, all wrapping around my fingers. I risk a higher starting point on her head, thinking I've worked out most of the knots. But it's no good. I'm back to the thick tangle, prying the teeth of the comb with it. She turns, looking for something. The cloth has slipped back in the tub. I hand it to her wordlessly. She takes it without a glance and returns to her cups that need filling. My father, a veteran of many wives, always said he would never marry a woman who hadn't had children. They are too selfish, he said. And I wondered, as a single woman in those days, how selfish I was. When he married a woman with three young daughters, my stepsisters, I wondered if he would be able to share her with them. I leaned back for a moment, feeling the dull burn in my back, and cleaned the comb out. The fine black hair, slick with the conditioner but still twisting, coats my fingers as I brush them off onto a paper towel. Stretched out, a single curl is long enough to reach her waist, yet it will bounce back to her shoulder when it's dry. I've never had her hair cut, 
nervous that the metal will somehow break the bonds of this miracle flowing from her crown. Before they were born, I never really noticed children before. Now when I meet them, as I'm out on my own, in an office when someone brings her son, in the store when four-year-olds abounds into my path, I stop purposely. I kneel before them, look into their eyes and say hello. They smile, usually, recognizing some universal quality I've gained. Or maybe I just look silly, crouching like a frog. All the tangles are out, and I take great pleasure in running the comb through her hair again and again, separating strands into perfect spirals. She looks up at me. All done? No. Never. Yes, baby. All done. And great job on that piece by Faith. As always, she did great work here. And a special thanks also to Winter Prosapio, and she's an author from Texas. And my goodness, just what sweet, sweet and precious and detailed storytelling. And that is the thing about motherhood and fatherhood. It is real details you start to pay attention to. And patience, well, that's the skill none of us really have and the skill that gets tested most. I was acutely aware of the chasm between friends who had children and friends who didn't, and it's true. It's just so different how you have to reorient your life around these people of yours, these little ones of yours. Nothing has ever been as demanding of skills I didn't possess. People always ask me, I'm just not, am I ready yet? And I always tell young people, you're never ready. You're just never ready. I didn't have a child till I was almost 40, and I wasn't ready until I was. The story of Winter Persapio's daughter, mother bond. And, well, fathers and sons and fathers and daughters know these bonds too. Here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we continue here with Our American Stories and with an entrepreneur whose business you most definitely know, but whose story you probably don't. Our own Alex Cortez brings us this great American voice. Basically for me, life kind of took on a level of independence at age 11. And that's when I got my paper route for the first time. And so now I was responsible for delivering 112 newspapers morning, evening, and Sunday for four and a half years. We're listening to Dick Schultz, native son of St. Paul, Minnesota. 
Obviously, I learned uh, or began to learn the importance of financial independence. Now, my father told me that you need to put 20% of what you earn into the family because the family is providing you a place to live, food to eat. So my father was German, very task-oriented, very disciplined. I'm sure that was in part and parcel how he was raised by his very Germanic father. And so, um, you know, the, the good part of that was at age 11, here's responsibility. You're up at 5.30 in the morning. You have papers on your shoulder at 6. You're done at 7.15. You have breakfast. You're out the door to school at quarter to 8. And I did that for almost five years. You begin to think in terms of, gee, I can be in control because I'm responsible. I'm doing what I signed up to do. I'm benefiting financially from it. I'm dependable. And at the end of the day, it began to plant the seeds for me that I can actually control my own destiny if I apply myself diligently and work effectively and efficiently. And, and obviously one of the things that came out of that was I was a sophomore and I wanted to take my date to the prom. So I asked my father if I could use the car, you know, to take my girlfriend to the prom. And he said, well, uh, no. He said, we only have one car in the family and I can't take a chance that you might get into an accident, uh, so I'll take you. And of course I said, Dad, you know, you don't understand. I'm taking my girlfriend to the prom and I don't want my father driving me. Well, that's the only way you can use the car. Fine. So uh, I decided to take this into my own hands. And so the Christmas before the prom, which is the following March, I decided that if I put the newspaper in the door of every customer from Thanksgiving to Christmas, as opposed to flipping it up on the porch, which was a normal routine, that I, I would be inclined to get some tips that would be beyond what was normal. That's exactly what happened. From Thanksgiving to Christmas, I'm schlepping 112 newspapers up and down the street, up and down the sidewalks, into the doors, and I put the newspaper in every day, morning, evening, and Sunday. Then I collect for the paper after Christmas, and lo and behold, you know, I get a little over $300 in tips in addition to the somewhat over $100 that I get from the sale of the newspapers every month. So now I had real cash in my pocket. So the 2nd of January is my birthday, I'm 15 years old. And I go to Aero Pontiac, I meet the general manager, Phil Hessley, a long time ago. And I, I make the mistake of saying I've got $300 to spend. I, I learned from then. But he matched me up with a 1950 Pontiac which had just been traded in, so it was five years old. It was driven by a school teacher, had 29,000 miles on it. And it was an inline six-cylinder standard transmission, which I had never driven. So I hadn't driven anything. I buy the car. My father drives it home. Obviously, I had to get my license, so that took place in January. You know, I took my girlfriend to the prom, and we had a great time. Preceding that, which is kind of interesting how these memories become reapparent. So I'm a sophomore. I drive my car to school. Normally, it's like a four and a half or five mile walk, which I did every day, St. Paul Central. So I'd hitchhike or I'd jump on the bus, depending on the time it was. But, you know, I was hiking to school four and a half miles every day. And now, of course, I've got my own car. I'm the only sophomore with a car. So I'm parked in the parking lot. I'm at school, go through school. Bell rings, three o'clock. I'm out of school. I got papers to deliver. 
I get to the car and there's three girls around my car. I walk up to my car and the one girl says, is this your car? And I said, well, yeah, <laughs> that's my car. Gee, it's really nice, can we have a ride? Well, yeah. They get in the car and I drive them home and then I go get my papers and I do my work. Next day I'm at school, a bell rings, three o'clock, I'm out and there's five girls around the car. So the story gets interesting. So. There's no seat belts in those days. I got three girls in the back. I got two girls in the front because it's a bench seat. So there's no buckets. And I drive them home, but it's taken longer because these girls live in different places. So the third day, there's seven girls there. And I said, look, I can't be doing this. I said, you know, I'm getting late for my route. So it ended, you know, after day three when I wasn't driving seven girls around. But it was cool for me because A, I'm the only sophomore with his own car. B, you know, the girls are warming up to the guy that owns his own car. So you learn a little bit about, you know, what's important in life. And, uh, and so I had a, a lot of fun with it. And, and the end of the story is my daughter, Nancy, and her husband, John, found a replica of my car in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and bought it. They shipped it to Florida, painted it my colors, and delivered it to me on Father's Day. It blew me away because I pretty much had put that chapter in my life away. But then, of course, n not only did the car resemble my own, you know, first car, at least in color, it had all the original equipment. So I had to go through the car and completely resurrect brand new interiors and motors and drive shafts and trains and brakes and electrical systems and air conditioning and the whole thing which is nice, and so now I drive the car. In fact, I had it yesterday, I drove it here yesterday. So, you know, it's interesting how these memories take hold. And then I went from the paper out to uh, Red Owl, it's a grocery store in Highland Park. And I started as a carryout boy, and then was asked to participate in stocking shelves. And I had a really good friend who worked there, and he met his future wife there, she was a cashier. So he, he and I have been close friends since third grade. So I'm working there, he's working there, and of course now his wife-to-be is working there. And uh, I'm in the stocking roll, putting stuff away, it comes in off the truck, and you put it on off of pallet jacks, and you put it onto carts, and you take it out in the store, and you're putting stuff you know where it belongs. Except that the way it was handled was the stuff that was on the cart was everywhere in the store. So you literally had to take the cart from aisle to aisle and or leave the cart in an aisle, take something that belongs in another aisle. And so the stocking process itself like took forever and it was horribly inefficient. So I said to the assistant manager, David Cole, who well, I would have guessing he's probably not with us any longer, but I said, you know, um, uh, can we sort everything off the truck in the back room and put things on the cart aisle by aisle? so I can take things out and put it into everything that's on the carts in the same aisle, so I can get it done more efficiently and more effectively. I didn't use effective, I used efficient. And he said, well, uh, no. He said, we've been doing it this way, you know, forever, this is what the company wants, and, and so um, uh, we're not changing. Well, fine. So this inefficiency, you know, goes on. And, and weeks go by, and finally I say to him again, Mr. Cole, let me at least try to see if we can't be more efficient with the way we distribute all the groceries when they come in. And he, was, he said, Master Schultz, we spoke about this, 
you should just know we're perfectly fine the way we are and I'm not changing any method of distribution in the hopes that it might be more efficient. And I said, okay, thank you. Took off my apron, handed it to him and said, I'm out of here. And I quit my job and walked out the store. And of course, my buddy is up in the front, you know, carry out. He's taking groceries out to people's car. He says, where are you going? You just got here. I said, I just quit. He said, what do you mean you just quit? <laughs> this is your job. I said, it was my job. I said, you know, if somebody's not going to at least try to become a little more efficient in what we do, I said, uh, I guess I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of it. And you're listening to Dick Schultz and this 17-year-old kid would go on to found a little company called Best Buy and promise to always listen to every team member for new ideas and especially frontline workers like he was who were right in the middle of the action. More of this unique American voice, this unique American story here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we continue with our American stories and with the story of Dick Schultz and the company he founded, Best Buy. When we left off, Dick was a 17-year-old grocery stocker whose boss didn't even want to hear his ideas, good or bad. And from that moment on, Dick was determined to do the exact opposite for the rest of his life. Let's return to Dick on leading Best Buy. I'm a big believer in managing from the bottom up, so I don't manage at the top, that's what people are paid to do. I manage to see what's really happening, and that's at the bottom. So servant leadership to me is a big thing, and engaging where the actual work gets done is vital. To know whether what you're doing and how you're training and what you're providing matters or not. Because people up on the fifth floor essentially are so far, usually so far away from it, that they're conceptualizing you know, too far from the actual touch points. I'm a touch point person. I learned that in Best Buy when I did my cashier and customer service meetings. We, we, would, we have stores at Best Buy where we had underperformance. I mean, any, any company has underperformance someplace. And in areas where you have that underperformance, you can go to the district manager and, or you can go to the store manager and you can talk about, so why do you suppose, you know, we're not getting the numbers here, we're, our margins are down here. You know, and you get all kinds of excuses, you get all kinds of alibis, you get all kinds of stories. And, and I couldn't believe that it was only happening in this one store and the other five as an example that we're all put in the same place or different places at the same time, we're all doing just fine. So the only way I could get at it was to say I needed to have a, a breakfast meeting with the cashiers and customer service people. And would you make a reservation for me at uh, Perkins down the street? Uh, fine, I'll take care of that. I'll look forward to seeing you there. And I said, no, uh, I don't need you there. I just need the cashiers and the customer service people. I said, I just want a chance to chat with them about what they see and what's going on in the store. And of course, they were perplexed at that. They were cut out of that meeting. So of course, it, and it took the better part of a half an hour to get, to, to get these people comfortable with me. But, but I have the ability to warm them up at some point in time and you know, get some laughs and, and, and acknowledge and compliment what's going on and talk a little bit about how we're thinking about the future. And so then pretty soon I touch on what's going on in the store and that's when it starts. And once they had the assurance their name wasn't gonna be used and they were free to talk about the actual experience, I couldn't write fast enough. I couldn't write fast enough. So future meetings like that, I would take my administrative assistant with me Donna Mankowski and Donna w would sit next to me at Perkins and she'd be writing like crazy with the stuff that was coming out. And sure enough, you know, the managers were absent, you know, without leave. They were everywhere, customers were complaining. And what drove me to it was, I rationalized the very last touch point a customer will have with respect to the experience they got in the store will be with the cashier. And if there is an issue, that's when it'll get dumped. And so the cashier knows everything that's going on in the store because the customers essentially, you know, have to tell somebody how miserable it was. I couldn't get somebody to wait on me. 
You know, I didn't know what the price was. Nobody would tell me what the service was or what the warranty was. I couldn't even tell if it was in stock. I couldn't find anybody that would tell me they would check to see if it was in stock. And the stories were on and on and on. So instead of dealing with the district manager, I went to the regional manager and I said, well, here's what you need to know about that store. And so then he went in and talked to the district manager and they understood basically then what happened, cleaned out the management team, fired all of them. And within 30 days, we had a whole new management team in the store. And lo and behold, the numbers came right back on up to where the other five stores that were being measured at the same time. So, so um, uh, that's just who I am and that's how I manage. And I have to really understand what the experience is for the person that we're serving. And the only way you really get that, you know, is to get to the person that's doing the serving. So that's my world. When I get there, that's what I do. And, and, and probably the greatest satisfaction I've had at Best Buy is seeing graduates who get out of school and don't have a clue where they're going to start working or what they're going to be doing. I've been in school for four years. I've got my degree. Now I've got to find a job you know, that I enjoy and that I can make some money. And oftentimes you don't get started right away. You know, you work your way around. And it's, there's so many cases of uh, young people that worked part-time at Best Buy while they're going to school, 15 hours or 20 hours a week, whatever it happened to be. And they sold electronics or they sold computers or they sold whatever it was or on the floor. Uh, I need the money. You know, I'm, I'm 18 years old and, and I'm working 20 hours a week and I'm making 12 bucks an hour. I need the money. Then they get out of school and now they're looking for a job. The store manager knows they're good at what they do. They're reliable, on time, and excellent at what they've done. Offers them a full-time position. Well, I guess maybe I can take it while I'm looking. So, fine. So they start as a full-time employee, then they move to a supervision, then they move to an assistant management position. And then ultimately, within five years, sometimes less, they're a general manager of a $45 million store with 120 employees and are making 150 grand a year. Totally unexpected, totally unplanned, but the company was growing. We were moving into new stores, into new cities. We were taking people that grew from the bottom up, so they understood the process, understood the procedure, understood the steps, and they made the best managers. I can't tell you how many millionaires we made. We were growing like a weed. We had uh, stock option programs for our management throughout. And so these young kids at 27, 28, 29, 30 years old had stock options that they had gotten in management. And uh, these stock options were paying dividends, especially when we were opening multiple numbers of stores. There was a five-year period where we opened 50 stores a year for five straight years. And uh, they don't think about any of that. But it happens at this company because we know if you bring people from the bottom up through the organization, you train them effectively, they see the outcome from the work they do. It becomes acknowledged and then rewarded. They're not going anywhere. People don't leave Best Buy. They just don't. They love the company. And as long as we can keep continue to, to, to show them ways to learn and grow and, and become successful, why would they go anyplace? So, so that's what we do, and that's what we've always done. I've always been a big believer in it. We all sing the same song. We all buy the same benefit that, that we believe comes from hard work and focus on the benefit of the customer. And, uh, 
It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's common sense. And with common sense becoming increasingly uncommon, common sense ideas like serving others are usually going to stand out and get rewarded. You know, it became apparent to me that whatever it took to serve customers in an order that, that they preferred was what we had to do. Immaterial and regardless as to whether it was profitable. Um, and if it was successful and, and, and the customer bought a lot of it, uh, it was incumbent on us to figure out how to make profit. You know, Best Buy has bought almost 50 billion in revenue now, 127,000 employees. I mean, we're all over the place. And you're listening to Dick Schultz tell the story about how service and servant leadership works and how it transforms companies and cultures inside companies. And this idea of getting close to the people on the ground and promoting them from the ground up. No one knows the business better than the person who started in the stockroom, the person who runs the cashier. Of course, it's so true, the cashier gets all of life dumped on them. The entire bad customer experience is, well, it's dispatched to the cashier. And what a brilliant thing to do to cut out that local manager and go to the go above his head and find out what's really going on by talking to the people on the front lines. It is common sense. And it is so true that any big organization can start to forget about the frontline workers, the bureaucracies in government and outside government. Any organization, any bureaucratic structure can forget the customers and the people on the front line. When we come back, more of Dick Schultz's remarkable story, Best Buy's remarkable story, a great servant leadership story here on Our American Story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we continue with Our American Stories and with Best Buy founder Dick Schultz. I would honestly say that one of the biggest failings in a corporate America today is the prioritization of the constituents that they serve. I would have to say that most companies today, certainly those we've competed with, have a, in most cases a priority to place the customer first. And that's t totally accurate, totally correct, and totally right. But then most of them place the shareholder second. So it's a public shareholder, or if it's a private business, it's the self-interest and financial net worth of the owner. Then comes the employee, and after the employee comes a community if there's anything left over. So, so that's pretty much the priority. I inverse that. I start with a customer wholly, completely, fully, First and foremost, under any and all circumstances, the best decision you make is one that serves the interest and benefit of the customer. Then I believe in the customer experience, the second. And the customer experience is provided by the people who take care of them. So whether you're a technician or whether you're a pallet pork driver, whether you're a truck driver, whether you're a service technician, whether you're a blue shirt on the floor, whether you're somebody talking to the customer online, whether you're pricing something somewhere to be competitive for a customer when they come in, it's the employee that holistically makes the experience for the customer special. And that's what they leave with. So yeah, I bought this and I got a good price. But let me tell you, you know, um, I'll never go anyplace else because here's what happened when I was in the store. So A, I'm greeted, you know, B, I'm introduced to products, you know, that I knew and products I didn't know. Uh, I'm told about technologies and how these technologies engage and why this is important. I'm asked what I'm going to do with it, who's going to be using it. So I can selectively make a good buying decision. The people I'm talking with are not on commission. They're not vested in selling me this over that, you know, which is how this whole industry began. And so uh, it was a great experience. In fact, just this week, just this week, Sunday, we're with a couple, friends of ours, and we're having a vegan dinner. Uh, I'm not vegan, but they are, so this is fine. We don't say no, they're great people. We're having dinner, and, and, and they say to me, I gotta tell you, I know, based on our relationship, how vested you are in customer experience. But I gotta tell you what just happened to me at Best Buy. 
And of course I figure, well, I'm gonna get something that's probably not the best. He says to me, uh, I've never had a bad experience at your store, but what happened to me on Sunday, so over the top special, I've got to share it with you. So I said, well, what was that? He said, well, um, we needed CO2 cartridge for a soda um, drink machine where we, I guess it purifies the water, carbonates the water, whatever, I don't use it, but, but I knew CO2 cartridges were there for, you know, for some application. So we went to Staples to buy one because we needed a new cartridge. And Staples didn't have any. Well, Staples is two doors from Best Buy, you know, here in town. So he said, well, I can't imagine Best Buy sells CO2 cartridges, but we're two days away, let's go check. So they walk in, they're met by somebody at the door who asked us what it was we were looking for. We tell them we want a CO2 cartridge for this water system. And uh, he said, well, I know we sell the water system. I'm not sure if we have the cartridges, but let me check. So he goes over to the display area and he doesn't see any cartridges on the shelf. So he comes back to the customer and says, gee, I'm sorry, but it doesn't appear like we have any. But you know, let me check in, and see if there's any in the back room. He gets on the phone, he's got, they're all connected up, you know, telephonically. Gets on the phone, asks the warehouse people in the back of the store, do we have any CO2 cartridges? And the immediate answer is no, no, we don't have any. So they apologize. He apologizes to the couple and says, I'm really sorry, I, I, I know that we carry the brand and we, uh, it looks like we do carry the cartridges, but we just don't have any. So my friends leave, thank, they thank him, didn't expect to get it anyway. Leave the store, get in the car, and they're driving away from the store up to the stop sign that gets them out on the main road. And here behind them, huffing and puffing, is a blue shirt employee racing, waving at him, waving at him, you know, to stop. He's, he's almost out of breath. He's, he's like he's running a block. And, and, and of course, my friends stop in the car and he gets to the car and he, he asks them to open, roll the window down there, roll the window down there. You know, I'm, thanks for stopping. He said, I want you to know we found the CO2 cartridges for you. The guy in the back didn't know where to look, so just said we didn't have any, but we do have some and I've got them for you. So come on back around. I pulled them out and they're for you. And of course, you know, this couple is blown away. Like, when does this ever happen? Turns out it's our general manager our general manager, the guy that's in charge of 150 employees at one of our biggest stores in the chain, David Salazar. Neat, neat, neat guy, young man. But he goes the extra mile because he knows he's demonstrating leadership for customer service. And everybody in the store knows what just happened. So my couple turns around, comes back, he goes in the store, they write up the, the transaction, he walks out with the two cartridges, 30 bucks. You know. <laughs> For two cartridges and so he, he relates this message to me and I'm on the phone with Salazar this week on another issue and I said David I gotta tell you a story and I just told him that story and I said you just have to know how special that is and how blown away my friends were that you chased them down to get these two cartridges into their hands once you found them so uh, it's a classic example of what you do for customers that's the experience piece. Do you think this friends of ours would ever not share that story with anybody they come across? They'll share it with everybody they come across. So I'm a big believer, big believer 
big believer. Lessons learned in my life. You can do something really, really right for customers on a normal, ordinary course of business, and it will influence their feelings about the experience. But they're not inclined to say too much about that to anybody unless they're asked. Do one thing wrong to a customer. They tell five people. At the end of the day, you can only lose if you don't treat the customer with the kind of experience that they're entitled to when they come to visit the store. That's been my experience because I started in this business on the floor. And that at the end of the day, I know what it's like to do something well, right, and better versus, you know, just blow it off or brush it off. And in this case, Salazar just went beyond with two CO2 cartridges. So I say customers first, employees second. Then I say partnerships, which nobody thinks too much of, are third. You really need to partner with people that can help you do things better in serving number one. And so partnerships have to have a win-win outcome by design. Win-lose is not sustainable. Win-win is sustainable. And so you have to rely on people that are really good at doing what you're not very good at and or what you really need to do what you need to do to serve number one. Then comes community, because the people that you're selling to and making profit from clearly live in the community, so there needs to be some giving to the community, and then the shareholder. Number five, that's my rotation. And if every company in this country operated that way, we would have a much more robust economy than we have, We'd have better paid people as a result of the influence they have. And if you get one, two, three, and four right, five wins. They just do. I'm the number one shareholder of Best Buy to this day, 54 years later. And I've never been wealthier by virtue of this company continuing to do the right things in that order. And I make it a point with every CEO transition we've had to have this discussion every single time because I know it influences the decisions you make at the highest level. And if you're constantly focused on one, two, three, four, and then five, net, net, net at the end of the day, five will win big. They will. And so uh, both the last two CEOs and I sat down head to heart to heart, head to head. This is, this is what we have to do. Here's why we have to do it. And if we lose track of this, I guarantee you, you know, we'll get off the tracks. And once you're off the tracks, finding your way back is expensive. So that's a key lesson for me, and I wish more CEOs in this country would rethink the prioritization because just far too many of them are more wired to return an investment for the shareholder, and shareholder becomes number two, and, and then they shove back what follows. And my goodness, a real special thanks to Dick Schultz for sharing some of his insights, his personal stories, a few that were just so good. And my goodness, the one about David Salazar, I mean, the guy's the general manager. He's running out to a stop sign, running across the parking lot out to the road for two $15 cartridges. And he's right. The customer will never forget that experience. The Dick Schultz story, Best Buy story, a terrific servant leadership story here on Our American Stories.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.